0: Jesus meets a woman by a well, in the middle of the day, in the heat of the sun, and a really, really interesting conversation occurs, which ends up with her going to tell everyone what she's found. Welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse My name's Stuart and I get to be the minister here Today our worship is led by Anne Thompson Anne is an elder and one of our local worship leaders She'll be joined by Luce and Catherine Epps Luce will read for us and Catherine will lead our prayers later in our time together So let's jump in and find out all about this encounter by a well
1: Our New Testament reading is from John chapter 4 Verses 5-42 to So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself? As did also his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, One sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labour. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did, so when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of this word, his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man is, really is the saviour of the world.
2: Good morning. The woman at the well. We don't get to know her name. She's just the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. She could be Sarah, Mary or Joanne, we never find out, but Jesus spoke to her. This is John's Gospel, and he has a style and a vocabulary all of his own. You won't find parables in John, but John contains some of the well-loved stories. The wedding at Cana, the story of Nicodemus, and the Samaritan woman. On the surface, they're simple stories, but they have a deeper meaning and we must see the deeper meaning today of the woman at the well. She's not a prostitute, she doesn't have a shady past, and we mustn't scapegoat her. She's more like us than we know. She doesn't have a name. But God is inviting us to show that he loves her anyway. She is all of us. If we only see the story about a fallen woman reconciled with God, then we're missing the true meaning of this lesson that God is teaching us through this woman's encounter with Jesus. God uses women throughout the Bible in this way to teach us something important. In Mark 14, the woman with the perfume who anoints Jesus. In John, the woman caught in adultery who Jesus stands up for. In in the New Testament Gospels, women play a central role as disciples in the ministry of Jesus. All four Gospels refer to women as being the first witnesses to the resurrection. In John's Gospel, we see Jesus sending Mary Magdalene to be the first to tell the disciples that the the good news that Jesus Christ is risen. This places her foremost as an active disciple, playing a highly significant role in Christian history. Jesus chooses women to be equal. And this is particularly significant, as we know women at the time were treated as the property of men. Jesus is again showing us there's another way forward. So let's set the scene and how we got there. Jesus is going back to Galilee from Judea, because the Pharisees have heard that the the disciples have been baptising. But it, it wasn't Jesus who was doing this. He must go through Samaria, but it's not the normal route as Jews despised the Samaritans and considered them the lowest of the low. This form of ethnic racism had been going on for 700 years. But we also know that there were a considerable number of Samaritans in John's community for whom he was writing. And as we'll see, Jesus was trying to establish a full equality in the community between the Samaritan Christians and the Jewish Christians in in this encounter. So back in Samaria, Jesus has walked for a couple of days and he's thirsty. He's in the city of Sychar at Jacob's well and it's about noon, the hottest time of the day. There are no rivers in Samaria, so these wells are extremely important places. The Samaritan woman comes to the well and Jesus asks her for a drink of water. He starts the conversation knowing that in Jewish law, that she's a woman and a Samaritan and he mustn't speak to her. But Jesus isn't concerned with these cultural divides. He's only concerned in the people. Usually this was a place to hang out and come and meet and exchange gossip, but she's avoided the crowds and she's come when it's quiet. The jar is heavy, but she's about to have the most meaningful conversation of her life. The disciples have gone in search of food and has left Jesus So he asks a woman for water. She's obviously taken aback because she's the one to point out the significance of his request. How is it that you, a Jew, asks a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? He is a foreigner and she has the jar and the well is deep. There's no ulterior motive. He is relying on her mercy. What is this Jewish man doing asking for water? But Jesus goes on, he has a lesson for us, and in verses 13 and 14, he promises, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up into eternal life. What a message for us, what a teacher he is. We are invited to draw deeply from the living waters and this story challenges our preconceptions around the inclusiveness of worship. Jesus is compassionate and caring in this private conversation. There's no audience. He's frank and honest with this woman. He sees her. In in John's Gospel, seeing equates to believing. Jesus sees her plight and he treats her for her worth and significance, which she's unaccustomed to. He knows her past. Then we have that verse. You have had five husbands, and the one you are with just now is not your husband. And that's it. That's the sentence that has branded her a prostitute. We've all heard preachers recount this as fact, but there's nothing in this passage to suggest this. Neither the author nor Jesus speak at all about sin. She could easily have been widowed, abandoned or divorced. All of these things happened at this time. As we've heard, women were seen as a property of men and were at their mercy. So here I am today, giving this woman a break. Whatever her story under the strict Jewish laws of her day, this story is tragic, it's not scandalous. And this story is not about immorality, it's about identity. But so often the latter interpretation has been presented. That's why Jesus doesn't hold up his hands and say, sorry, I'm not going to speak to you. Go away and put your messy life in order before I will consider giving you salvation. No, he doesn't do that because there's no terms and conditions. He meets us in the messiness of our own lives. He offers her living waters and she's intrigued. Look at the stories of the other women in the Bible who've had messy lives that God uses. Read about Tamar and Rehab and Ruth and Bathsheba. Read their tragic stories. He knows us inside out and he has no side to him. People let us down, not Jesus. And who are we to judge people? We need to give people grace as they grow in faith. We need to give them a break. But as we read on, Jesus has more to reveal. He identifies himself as a prophet. And he says that neither the temple in Jerusalem or the mountain Samaria will be the place for those who worship in truth and spirit. But even more importantly, he reveals himself as a Messiah, long awaited by both the Jews and the Samaritans. He entrusts her when he says, I am he, a truly astonishing act of inclusiveness to reveal himself to this Samaritan woman. Little wonder then that she leaves her water jar just like the apostles left their nets and runs into the town to announce the good news of Jesus. She's on a par with them and Jesus stayed for two days to teach. The Samaritan woman was sent just as Mary Magdalene was sent out to tell others of Jesus. I think it's time to reclaim this Samaritan woman at the well, not as a fallen woman but as a true disciple of Jesus. It's not lost in me that I was brought up in a denomination of the Christian faith that allows me as a woman to learn and to teach with you all. So what have we learned? Well, in this story, we see that Jesus overcomes the exclusiveness of the Jewish society of the time and shows us a way of how to build a community based on inclusiveness. We see him conversing on equal terms with a woman who is a Samaritan. There's a big shift between exclusion and inclusion as Jesus legitimises a Samaritan and a woman to boot. It symbolises the breakdown in the boundaries between these two sections of society, those who were rejected and those who were chosen. Jesus shatters what has been acceptable and calls for something new. This is a new invitation to all to come to know God and worship in spirit and truth.
3: to you in service. of the dead. Let us pray.
4: As we worship together, may we know your presence with us, inspiring us to worship in spirit and in truth. God of the living water, bring life, bring love. There is so much going on in all of our lives and our communities, and we bring to you now the situations that are closest to our hearts. We remember the bereaved in our community, May they know your loving arms around them. We pray for those awaiting treatment or results. Please comfort them. We pray for those dearest to us in the silence. God of living water, bring life, bring love. There is so much in the world that we do not see or hear about, situations that we can feel disconnected from. We remember those who have lost their homes through natural disasters. We pray for those striving to help amid the devastation. Equip them with compassion, wisdom and skill in their work. God, you know all of your children. You so loved the world that you sent your only son God of the living water, bring life, bring love. Where there are boundaries and barriers that exclude, meaning that some are left without dignity, where basic human rights are stripped away and access even to the most basic of needs is denied. We pray for the poor and hungry, the oppressed and exploited, the lonely and unloved, the aged and infirm. God of the living water, bring life, bring love. Where there is division and differences that cause fear, when the beauty of diversity is disfigured by mistrust and partisanship and your children are excluded or made to feel worthless. God of the living water, bring life, bring love. Let us continue in the words you taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven,
0: From young and old, your word is shared. So may we never get up when the going gets tough. May we remain ever hopeful, ever loving, ever ready to serve you. Send us in your name and with your blessing. The food bank opens for collection on Sunday from 1pm until 2.30pm and every Sunday thereafter. And don't forget if you or anyone you know needs food, then they can come and collect food at the same time from 1pm until 2.30pm every Sunday at St Ninian's Church. A Lent Bible Study continues on Mondays. We're exploring the story of some of the women of Holy Week. You can join us from 7.30 on Zoom. The passcode and ID are on your screen if you're watching the video or they're available on the website at saint-nannies-stonehouse.org.uk. We'd love you to
3: join us.